1: Thank you for your presence today. The Bible beautifully describes the creation of the first man, woman, and marriage. God made the heavens and the earth with us in mind. Then he made man in his image and breathed into him the breath of life to care for the universe he created. If that wasn't enough, he made woman from the rib of man to complement him. And with God's blessings, they became husband and wife. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander articulates this beautiful truth from the Holy Scriptures.
2: Number 11, the 11th misconception, misconceptions of roles and responsibilities. There are misconceptions about roles and responsibilities of each spouse. Ephesians 5, 22 through 25 says, Wives, submit to your own husband. Okay? as to the Lord. Ooh, so many people hate this passage especially women's liberation and rights movements and all of this, they just want to cut it out, but it's there. Wives submit to your own husband, implying that you only have one. As to the Lord for the husband is head of the wife as also Christ is the head of the church and he is the savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their own husband's, in everything, in everything, the husband is to be the head of the house, the priest in the home, and he should guide the family in the way of the Lord. And when that husband loves God and when that husband loves his family, he will have a healthy respect for his wife. He will honor her. He will not use his headship as dictatorship. And uh, you won't use your wife as a doormat and all these kinds of things. It doesn't mean that husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. How did he do that? He died for the church. He sacrificed his life for the church. He was willing to die for his wife, man. Are you willing to die sacrificially for your wife? Do you love enough when somebody rings that doorbell at an odd hour, you don't tell her go honey, go answer the door. No, you go answer that door. If you can't shoot, get get a lamp or something. That's right, get a lamp or something. Yeah, get a lamp. Now, y'all be careful about buying them guns. You might shoot each other. Okay, so be careful about these guns now. And you know, you know, and so we're gonna get a gun just to protect our family. Just we're going to a shooting range. But you know something about women? I I, strange thing about women, they don't have, they don't need a shooting range. They can just go like this, boom, right in the heart, or right there. They don't, they don't need a shooting range. They just go, boom, boom, and they hit them. They ain't even aim. they don't need a range. <laughs> they don't need a range. Don't take them to a range. It is a beautiful thing when a husband and wife can share responsibilities and do whatever it takes to get the job done as a team, cooking as a team. My wife being there, I'm not the best to cook, but I go in there and I say, honey, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? And she said, well, cut up the onions, and if I'm cutting up the onions, she's over there doing something to the meat, and my eyes are watering, but I'm cutting them onions. (laughs) I just got through preaching, but I'm tired, but I'm gonna go and cry over them onions. You know, I cut the onions, you know, and try not to cut my finger. So, so men cut the onions. Okay? Cement. I mean, this is, it's a mutual thing also. Uh, so you, you cook as a team. You, you're cleaning. You're taking care of the children together. It's, it's a partnership. It's teamwork. They're doing the yard work together. If you don't like yard work, then get some. If you're able financially, get somebody to do the yard, if you don't, you're not good at housekeeping and you can afford it, then get somebody to clean the house, fixing things and taking out the trash, all in partnership together. It doesn't have to be gender specific. You see, well, I know you ladies like that. It doesn't have to be gender specific. <laughs> if a spouse has strength in a particular area, then let them operate within the marriage in that specific area. Don't force someone who can't cook to cook. They're going to burn it every time. <laughs> or to do the checkbook when checks are bouncing. You're going to learn how to do this and they just can't do it. You know how to do it, you save yourself some money. Don't have checks bouncing around all over the place and you know how to do it and you mad because he don't know? You have that to compliment his weaknesses. Don't let him struggle. Hey, we got to both know. how. Wait a minute. If you can do it better, you do it. You do. Whoever can do it better. Do that to the glory of God. Y'all enjoy these misconceptions. (laughs) You wait till next week. You haven't seen nothing yet. (laughs) Number 12. Another misconception is that our marriage is the only one with problems. That's a misconception. How many of you all in here married? Raise your hand. How many of y'all in here had problems or having problems? Raise your hand. Okay, now look around. And so, that, so you can see by those hands, that's a misconception. Put them down. Thank you. John 16, says, these things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. Peace comes through being in Christ. In the world, you will have tribulations. You're going to have problems. You're going to have trials and issues. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. There's no problem that intrudes into your marriage that God cannot fix. Peace comes from keeping your focus on Christ through your problems. Don't focus on the problem. Focus on Christ and let him give you the insight into those problems. The mere fact that we are not perfect lends itself to problems and misunderstandings. We are two imperfect people serving a perfect God. There is no problem that intrudes into our lives that our Lord cannot resolve. If we use biblical principles from the word, communicate and wait on the Lord to bring resolution, allow Christ to triumph over sin in your lives, over Satan, death and the grave. And that same God that conquered sin, conquered death and conquered the grave is able enough to conquer any problem that intrudes into your marriage to the glory of almighty God. Number 13. The 13th misconception is this, that the company you keep doesn't influence your behavior or thinking in marriage. That the company you keep doesn't influence your behavior or thinking in marriage. Uh, Yes, it will, too. You keep bad company, man, running with boys that's doing all kind of stuff, then that will influence your marriage in a negative way. First Corinthians 1533 says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Beloved, don't keep company with those who will put your marriage in danger of spiritual regression or even worse separation. Don't allow anybody to come in, influence your marriage and break up the marriage. Break ties with those who are a negative influence on your marriage. Break ties. Now, it can be kind of hard, but I don't care if they are your Sarah, your frat brother or uh, whatever, your your longtime classmate from 1932. You know, if they even if it's a cousin or a relative, sometimes they can break up your marriage, you know, use wisdom in that, however. But don't let anybody tear up your marriage. That's right. And don't let anybody talk your husband or talk your wife down. That's right. They go, your husband is this, your husband is this, your husband is this, your husband is this. Did you act a fool and divorce him, and then she married? <laughs> she talked you right out of your husband for her own sake. <laughs> Watch that stuff. It may be true what she's saying, but that's not her business. And don't let anybody talk your spouse down. Because when they talk your spouse down, they're talking about you. You one flush. To talk, Cynthia, for them to talk about Leon is to talk about you. Yeah, talking about him is just like talking about your mama. You're not going to let him do, you're not going to let him do, that's my husband. It may be true, but you let us work that out. You shut up and pray. (laughs) Shut up and (laughs) pray. Oh God, help me with these misconceptions. The 14th misconception that my spouse will maintain their physical appearance throughout the marriage. That my spouse will maintain their physical appearance throughout the marriage. First, listen, now you gotta be crazy. Do you see my head? It is black, bald, and beautiful. But it was a time I had a head full of hair. The Lord giveth, and the Lord. Don't you marry that man because he got good hair. <laughs> Don't, those muscles can drop and everything else start flopping. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> A lady named Sally. Knows, I hope there's no Sally in the house. We married, baby. Came home and it was honeymoon time. Sally took off the (laughs) hair. Sally Sally took off the girdle. Sally took off the makeup. (laughs) Poor man said, what do I have left? (laughs) Listen, listen. First Samuel 16, seven says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature. It's so easy to look at the outer beauty because I have refused him. Sometimes you want to marry a good looking man that the Lord has refused. You want to look at a good looking woman? She's pretty, teeth all in place, fine as a dime. But the Lord says I have refused her. It's dangerous to marry someone that the Lord has refused. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance. But the Lord looks at the heart. Y'all marrying folk for all these external reasons. I want them tall, handsome. I want them long fingers and all that stupid stuff. (laughs) Second Corinthians 418a says, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. First Peter chapter three, verses three and four says, don't be concerned about the outward beauty of fancy hairstyles. Expensive jewelry and beautiful clothes. That don't make a woman and that don't make a man. They can be finely dressed and just as sick as they can be. You should clothe yourselves instead with the beauty that comes from within the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is so precious to God. It's what's inside that count. Anything that is not changing is dying. It is unfortunate for anyone to think that the person they marry will look the same 20 years from now. That's why it's important that we focus on the inner beauty and not the outer beauty, because that, my friend, is a fading glory. However, just because age is changing us and changing our physical appearance you still need to fix yourself up and stay attractive to your spouse. Just because you're growing old, don't mean you have to grow old and ugly. If if you need a little makeup, go and use a little makeup. All right, just don't overdo it. If you here, wear, wear a little stuff. You know, spruce it up. Be attractive to your husband. Your husband been in that office with all them women, and you you can't come home dragging yourself and being musty, lady. You can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. Your husband, right now, you need to look fine. You need to smell good. That's right. You need to surprise him. That's right, because he's been running all them good looking women in the office all day long. Uh huh. And that's why a lot of them commit adultery, because you ain't doing nothing for yourself. He runs all them women talking about, oh, you sure look good. Compliment your husband, too. Compliment your wife on both sides. Don't, don't be a slouch around your husband. Have some respect. My wife is gorgeous even in her pajamas. Maybe I need to redo my vows tonight.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, last but not the least. One more, uh, number 15. Another myth is good marriages are built on great sex. That's a myth. You're getting quiet now. Don't talk about sex in here. Hush, hush. Are you kidding me with all them viral commercials? C. Alice and all that stuff, every other commercial. I get so sick and tired of that stuff. You know, hush, don't talk about it. Tab- you better talk about it in here in a healthy context, biblically, to the glory of Almighty God. What's the big secret? You better talk about sex to your children too. Some of it, some of them doing it right around you and you thinking they virgins. Good marriages are built on great sex. Romans 12, 10 says, love each other with a genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. You know, you don't just look at your spouse as a sex object. You're to honor them. You to see them as a godly man, a godly woman, healthy affection. Marriages are to be built upon God and his word and not sex. Our culture is trying to make an idol out of sex and sexuality. If they sell hamburgers, it's about sex. Cologne, about sex. Clothes, all you see is the backside, long legs with high heel shoes. They make an idol out of sex and they use everything to showcase it. God created sex to be enjoyed within the context of a married heterosexual relationship. Now, I have very few amens on that. Amen. I think I need to say that again so you can say a big amen. God created sex to be enjoyed within the context of a married Heterosexual, male female, married relationship. Yeah. That's be- Man. However, it is only one component of the marriage. Your focus should be on continuously building a healthy, well balanced relationship in all areas of your marriage. Listen to this the quality of your marriage isn't determined. By the amount of sex you have. The quality of your marriage isn't determined by the amount of sex you have. Sex starts in the kitchen with washing dishes. That's right. You won't do nothing all day long. And then you want to start breathing in somebody's face. (laughs) Won't lift a finger to do nothing. And all of a sudden you're calling a baby and mama, sweetheart, lovey-dovey. That's right. That's right. And your wife is not for sale either, men. Do a good deed, you want sex to follow afterwards. All right. Number sixteen, final point. Y'all got quiet on that one. Quiet on that one. Number sixteen. Here's the last misconception for the day. Now that you are married, the courtship is over, and you can stop doing the things. You did prior to marriage. Now that the, now that you are married, the courtship is what over, and you can stop doing the things you did prior to marriage. It's amazing how hey, y'all can be so in love, hours together. Can't wait to get together on the phone for hours, texting and tweeting and uh, skyping, and you doing everything. Oh, you just oh oh oh, you just madly in love. I just love you, baby. I can't wait. That we're going to say, I do! Holding hands and you licking ice cream cones together, taking strolls in the mall. You just just love it before. But after you say, I do, the man can't even open a car door, can't pull out a chair for her to sit down. That's right, she can't pull coffee for her husband. Do it yourself. What's wrong with your hands? I'm tired just like you. I worked all day. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Stop being short. Some of y'all are too mean. You mean, 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 mean. And then come to church. Oh, how you doing, sister? Jones, shut up. You can't say, how you doing, Jack? I love you, baby. Don't come in here showcasing your hypocrisy. God help me. Keep the romance in the marriage. My wife and I, we had date night last Friday. We went out to the play. What was that play? What's that play called, baby? Was called what was it called? Uh, the Count of Monte Cristo. We saw that play on we to a little intimate play, and we were just sitting right there, swaying them swords, and we were on the front seat. I was backing up and jacking. I thought my feet were finna get cut off or something. That play didn't start. First of all, I told my wife, I said, it's amazing how that thing didn't start till eight o'clock at night. And if we started church at eight o'clock tonight, it'd be just me and my wife here. <laughs> it's amazing. It didn't start till eight. I looked at my watch and I got, to, I said, God, eight. And then it went, the intermission was at about 9:30. And then when we got out, it was 11 o'clock, and we just kept on hanging. We, had, we acted like we were 16 all over again. Then we went on down 281 to BJ's, and we just sat there, looked at each other, full of nostalgia, reminisced, talked, and ate some chicken wings. I ain't gonna That's all I'm going to say. Y'all love my
0: business.
2: (laughs) But you know what? Even though we got late, we stayed there, and we were the last ones at BJ's until they had to cut out the lights. One o'clock in the morning. When is the last time, man, you stayed out with your wife that time morning and didn't look at your clock? You did it before you said I do. Where is the romance? You tired already after two years? You want to hear some romance? The Bible has romance. If you have your Bibles, if you can find it fast enough, I know you haven't put your fingers on it in quite some time. Find the Song of Solomon. Go look at the table of content. Let your pride go. Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. It's going to make you blush. Romance. Uh, Solomon had romance in his marriage for his bride. Song of Solomon, chapter 7, verses 1 through 10. It says, How beautiful are your sandal feet, O queenly maiden. Your rounded thighs are like jewels, the work of a skilled craftsman. Your navel is perfectly formed like a goblet filled with mixed wine. Between your thighs lies a mound of wheat bordered with lilies. Your breasts are like two fawns, twin fawns of a gazelle. Your neck is as beautiful as an ivory tower. Your eyes are like the sparkling pools of Heshbon by the gate of Beth Rabin. Your nose is as fine as the tower of Lebanon overlooking Damascus. Your head is is as majestic as Mount Cormel and the sheen of your hair radiates royalty. The king is held captive by its tresses. Oh, how beautiful you are. When last time you said that, man? How pleasing, my love. How full of delights you are are slender like a palm tree and your breasts are like its clusters of fruit. I said I will climb the palm tree. Wow. Woo-hoo. I will climb the palm tree and take hold of this fruit. We just told you what the fruit was. May your breasts be like great clusters and the fragrance of your breath like apples. You don't have to say get a mint. (laughs) May your kisses be as exciting as the best wine. Yes, wine that goes down smoothly for my lover. Flowing gently over lips and teeth. I am my lover's, and he claims me as his own. You can't, it's getting hot in here. Solomon will teach you some romantic talk. So if you need some love language, go to Solomon and borrow some of his statements and knock your spouse. Of his or her feet. In other words, as I conclude, true love will keep the romance in the marriage and all God's children said, "Amen." Amen. God bless you. And let's pray. And father, we thank you for this message. So insightful, lot of truth, lot of practical insights in a time when holy matrimony means absolutely nothing in this world system. Father, help us to celebrate what you have created and honor that which belongs to you because it came from you. You're the great architect of marriage. You designed it. It's yours. And oh, how sweet our relationships can be if we take these biblical principles and inculcate them into our marriage to the glory of God.
1: And all God's children said. and eternal life with our Lord and Savior. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683. If you would like to make a special donation to support the radio ministry of Maranatha Bible Church, please visit our website at maranathasa.org. Select the Give option and choose the Radio Broadcast Support Fund. Thank you very much for your generosity.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.